as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. The Dallas Stars are your Western Conference champions, just like everybody thought. Hey everyone, it's a Top Pair Podcast again. I am your host, it is Eric Weinstein, with me up in Rochester, New York. It is Nick Maxwell. Nick, I'm a little happier this week. How you doing, pal? Well, that's good. I figured you couldn't get any more sad after during this week, but I guess the week is still young, right? Well, it's only 6.40 and puck drop isn't until 8, so I'm good for like another hour. Um, but other than that, I mean, my, both my fantasy teams won. Like, that was pretty sick. Um, here we are. We're here. It's Tuesday night this week. Um, we're going to bring up the, the I guess, the final of the Western Con- – I guess the ending of the Western Conference Finals. Could have worded that better. And then we'll bring up the, I guess, the ending of the Eastern Conference Finals. Sad face. And But before we get into that – um, there's a little bit of news off the rink today, Nick. Why don't we, uh, why don't we start a little new coach in the in the works here? A new old coach. Yeah, new new old coach is right. Um, Peter Laviolette, former coach of the Hurricanes, Flyers, and Nashville Predators, most recently signed a three year deal. A little curious why it's only a three year deal with the Washington Capitals today. Um, Laviolette is a guy who has a lot of respect around the league. He is known for having a little bit more of a wide open style. Offensive attacking style has the reputation of being a player's coach, so I think this is a good fit for them. I think it's a coach who's in a win now mode versus a team who's in a win now mode. Um, you know, I, I, I'd be I'd be very curious to see what Ovechkin's Ovechkin's uh, you know reaction to this is. I mean, obviously with Laviolette coaching the Flyers for a while, he and then obviously the Hurricanes, he's familiar with the way his teams are going to play. So I mean, overall. Overall, I'll give this a B plus slash A minus. Like, you know, I really don't think you could really. I don't think this was really a, a a bad decision either by either team or the or the coach in this case. Yeah, I agree. I mean, once once you heard that Todd Reardon was fired, I kind of had a feeling that one of the two, I guess, quote unquote, big names. I guess you could say three big names. One either Gerard Gallant, Mike Babcock, or Pierre Laviolette. I figured one of these three guys were going to end up coaching the Capitals considering I would think they're probably the closest to Stanley Cup contention. And those are three accomplished coaches. You know, Laviolette, he's got the Stanley Cup ring. He's been with the Flyers, and he was with Nashville a few years ago, as we all remember. Um, I don't know if it's slam dunk, you know, grand slam, you know, 90-yard touchdown here, but I think I'm with you. B plus, A minus. Um, The guy's accomplished. The guy's won wherever he goes. Um, I like the move. I think I think Ovechkin and Backstrom, you know, the old not older, but the veterans on the team who are looking to continue contending and looking to win, you know, this is a guy that they probably would have said, Yeah, I'm definitely good with you hiring Peter Laviolette to be our head coach. Yeah, I, I mean overall I think that this is gonna be the first domino to fall. I'm gonna be curious to see what other teams are gonna start firing their teams. I mean obviously in addition to this news, Jeff Ward was named GM, or not GM, geez. He's had the interim tag taken off his head coaching position with the Calgary Flames, a position that he rightfully deserved. And then obviously, I think we both know by the fact that Rick Bonus is making a Stanley Cup final, he's probably going to be, if if he doesn't get the head coaching job, it's probably because he just didn't want it. Yeah. Um, How about two interim, but, you know, co- two interim coaches in a row making the Stanley Cup final with their teams? Yeah, Craig yeah, Berube I, with St. Louis, and now Rick Bonus with Dallas. I mean, just... Excellent jobs done by all. 
um, with those teams. And um, yeah, but in terms of you saying, yeah, they took the interim GM tag off. Listen, the GM had to take off the interim tag, so you're not too far off. Yeah, whatever. I yeah, see where I see what you were thinking. Don't worry. <laughs> um, then obviously another news today: Jonas Rodin signed a big seven-year, forty-two million dollar contract extension with the Minnesota Wild. Um, six and a half million years. Nice. AAV, but obviously the money will fluctuate a little bit over the past coming years. He's got a full no-trade clause for the first four years of that contract. But you know, for a guy who's twenty-seven. He's just coming off his best offensive year as a pro. Big left-handed shot. Like, real good staple on that defense. Um, good move by here by Billy Guerin. First real big contract that he signed. Obviously, this team still has a lot of work to do. <laughs> kind of, we've gone on that episode. To say the least, yeah. Um, kind of reshape their team. But I like this move a lot. I think this guy, you know, his name has been linked out there for the trade deadline or, or in trade talks for couple years now so i think this is a good move by billy garen yeah i agree and like you said left-handed big shot you know nice he's going to be a core on the defense for the next well i guess the contract kicks in after next season so next he's locked up for now seven years eight years whatever it is um this is definitely not the first domino to fall out in out in minnesota you could see you know they were shopping zach parise during the trade deadline you know, they have some big contracts. They got to maneuver around there. But they do have a lot of cap space. So it's interesting to see kind of what they do. Um, if they want to, I don't know, take one more crack at it with this to you know with this core of the Parise, Sutter, you know. Koivu, Dubnik. Yeah. It doesn't really make me all that excited. But I think it's a, I think it's a really good move. I think that was a no-brainer. I think six, six million AAV is – I think that's appropriate. I think he's definitely worth that, um, but I'm interested to see what they do after this. Again, there's a lot of a lot of big money for some older guys, so I'm interested to see what they kind of figure out. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was a little surprised the number not not at the fluctuating, but I guess at the AAV price. I mean, he's going to get paid more on the back end, which is probably when you expect him to be a little bit more in his prime anyway. But I mean, when I was thinking earlier about Alex Petrangelo market, you know, he's going to get. I mean, Brody's getting six. He's getting probably at least nine now. So I figured, yeah, I was I was thinking Petrangelo's going to go eight, eight and a half, but if this dude's getting six, I mean, come on. Yeah, Somebody's paying Petrangelo nine and a half, or he's not signing the deal. <laughs> and good luck to whoever signs him. <laughs> That's just, right. a, it's a lot of, it's going to have to be a long time, and it's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. I, I mean, guarantee he, that's going to be a... He definitely deserves it, but... Yeah, I just... I, I, I guess, like, if, if you're a team in these situations, right, like, you're just kind of afraid when you're signing a guy who's on the other side of 30, like, you don't want to hand out, like, an eight-year contract, you know what I mean? Like, ugh, that just... I just that, that drives me nuts when teams do this. Just give out these really ridiculous long-term contracts. It's like... What if we just front load it or just turn everything into a signing bonus? Then it's just like off the books or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I mean, that's once me you being, see that's like, me putting my GM head on, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic case. I mean, I hate to bring up the Islanders, but I'm going to. Andrew Ladd was 31 when he signed that seven-year deal. I, that's I feel like the worst case is something yeah. like that. But I think Petrangelo, and we'll get to this, but you know, just signing somebody 
over 30, long-term deal, it never works. You're asking for it to not work. So uh, I think we could just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> you want to go over it? Let's go over the – what do you want to start with? You want to start with the game tonight or the game yesterday? All right, let's just do a quick recap of the game last night. Um, obviously, it, it was kind of just par for the course for this series. You know, Vegas seems to be controlling the play early. The shots on goal was a really wide margin. And Vegas, when they scored that, that second goal in the third period with Riley Smith, and I was like, man, now that guy's finally got Morky off his back. And I was like, okay, Vegas is just going to ride this out, just going to keep grinding these guys down. And then all of a sudden, like, as soon as they scored a second goal, then Dallas all of a sudden was just like, flip the switch. Like, I don't know if it was just them being like, okay, we need to start attacking more. Or if it was just, I don't, they just stopped taking penalties. It was just, I don't know. It was just weird. This was the hardest series I've ever had to get a read on. I don't think I've ever predicted anything so badly. Like I, I saw Vegas a five, and I ended up being Dallas a five. So we both said we both said that. I mean, we they Dallas just made us look like idiots. I mean, they really did. Yeah. They completely shut down the Vegas attack. Yeah, and, and I mean, and you can't say this enough. Like Anton Kudovin probably just solidified himself a smart win. If if Dallas can pull off whoever they're going to pull off the cup win, whoever they're going to play against. I mean, obviously, Miro Heiskanen's been phenomenal in this series, too. Jimmy Ben looked like an absolute war- workhorse last night through the last couple of games of the series. You know, it's just going to be one of those things where it's like, same story. They're going to have to keep this grinding down, whoever they're playing against, whether it's the Islanders or the, or the Lightning. And, you know, they're going to try and win these games 1-0, 2-1, you know. Maybe the secret for them is just to get the game in overtime because it seems like that's just kind of their magic right now. Yeah, I mean... They were as advertised, and Jamie Ben, just that dude is just so tough. He is so strong, and he had that snarl last night when he scored that goal. Um, I believe he scored the two-one, the goal to make it two-one. His he was like, "We're not losing." You could see in his face, he's like, "This series is over tonight." And um, and then Kuviranta, who all that guy does is score big goals, ties the game with like three minutes left. And it's Gurionov in overtime on just a beauty of a setup. Um, I would not sleep on the Dallas Stars. If it ends up being Tampa Bay, I would be I just I would be really worried to have to play these guys because they just look like they have that never say die attitude. You know, Jamie Benn is starting to heat up. You know, they're getting contributions from all over. And I mean, you said it. You can't say enough about Anton Hudobin and goal. I mean, he has been fantastic. He's carried them the entire way, and I'm with you. If Dallas somehow – not somehow. If Dallas pulls off the Stanley Cup run, they win the whole thing, he's got to be your Conn Smythe winner. Yeah. Got to be. And then, you know, the other thing too is I was thinking about this earlier is like just the mental edge that they have going into this game one. Like if he – if Hudobin just shuts the door again and just stands on his head, like – Immediately, the other team's going to start thinking, oh, crap. This is how they beat, like, Colorado. This is how they beat Vegas. Like, this is how they beat all the top teams in the West. And we need to figure this out now. Like, right now. Yeah. Falling behind that team, watching them wear you down, that's, that's going to be – that could be an easily quick series, too. Yeah. I mean, I, and I said this off the top. I mean, I don't know how many people picked the Dallas Stars to be the team to come out of the West. I know we didn't. Um, I don't even think I had them beating Calgary, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, they are a well-oiled machine right now. They absolutely shut down the most complete team in the entire playoffs. They 
And it's not like Vegas was bad. I mean, Leonard was good. Um, they they just they couldn't score. They couldn't yeah, score they just, against their tough guys. Defense. Their tough guys disappear, and they just have trouble closing these games out. Like case before last night, it's like you have a two nothing lead with like eighteen or fifteen minutes left in the third, and it's like just couldn't find a way to just get that third goal and put the team away. What it looked or they like they couldn't even find a way to just clamp down their own end. From what I saw, I mean, what it looked like when I was watching, they were doing that thing. It's very different. When you're not playing to win, you play not to lose. And when you play not to lose, that's when you start falling back a little bit. You're just trying to just dump and change and not get any type of like a four check or just nothing. And they kind of fell into that trap. And Dallas is going to take advantage of that. Eat like very quickly, they're going to take advantage of that. Yeah, uh, 100%. 100%. So, I mean, obviously the, the teams in the Eastern Conference are going to have less time to prepare for this next game. Um, unless Tampa really wraps it up tonight, but you got to imagine there's video coordinator kind of looking at this film with Dallas saying, man, we are going to have our hands full, especially down low and, and trying to face Dallas's back end. Yeah. And just, they've been, you know, as advertised, just incredible, like just great. Uh-huh. Jamie Alexiak, I didn't realize that he was like this good. Like <laughs> he was on Pittsburgh and I was like, he was like, okay, but he's improved like dramatically since going there. I mean... He's been great. Haskinen, I mean, what else can you say about that guy? He's been their best skater, non-goalie, I think. And they're getting contributions from all over on the forward line. I mean, I didn't know who Joel Cuviranto was until a week and a half ago. Yeah, like, not like any of us did. They yeah. just, he was a plug in a game seven, and all of a sudden he just scores a hat trick. Yeah, like I, the, it, all over. And they're, they are tough, man. When you got a leader like that, like Jamie Benn, you know, Klingberg, you know, these are guys who were all stars. They got, if Sagan wakes up, you know, things like this, it's there. These, this is a tough, tough team. Um, and they have, you know, Pavelski, Perry. I mean, they're not what they were, but this, those are good veterans to have guys who have been there. You know, Perry's got a cup. I think Dallas is going to be a real, real, real scary opponent for whoever wins the East. Yeah, I'll hardly agree. Thanks, thanks for <laughs> agreeing. Um, and just to, I just want I, you to I just want you to know how smart you are or how smart you sound. I do. <laughs> well, I've only had a podcast for like seven months now. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so before we wrap it up, I guess we should talk about Vegas. Um, they'll be back, hundred percent. Like. The core is pretty much locked up, I'm pretty sure, unless there's some free agents that I don't know about. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the teams, too. I mean, Pete DeBoer has the interim tag as for head coach. So, I mean, what's going to happen there? I assume uh, Kelly McCrennan is probably just going to give him the kind of the go-ahead because you really can't complain about going to Western Conference Finals. But Yeah, no, you sure can't. Um, but, I mean, talk about, like, you know, the upcoming drama with Mark Andre Fleury, you know, you're paying two, you're going to be paying two goaltenders a lot of money. <laughs> and for a cap strap team who says who apparently wants to try and be in the Petrangelo market. Oh, I really hope they don't get Petrangelo. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of they do have for as good as they are now, they do have a lot of questions that they need to answer this offseason. Vegas Golden Knights, they have four million dollars worth of cap space. Shout out Cap Friendly. Um. Let's see. They got some dudes wrapped up, racked up for a lot of money. 
Mark Stone, we obviously know he's making nine and a half. Pacioretty's making seven for another four years. Statsny's making six and a half next year. Then it's like Carlson's making five point nine. Smith is making five million. There's a there's a lot of money wrapped up with those top guys. I didn't even get to the defense yet. Yeah. Like Nate Schmidt's making six. Shea Theodore's making five point two. You gotta I mean, you gotta think that Flurry's out of there. You have to. Um he's got seven million per coming. You know, Robin Leonard just signed the extension. I don't think the terms came out yet. I don't think. Did they? Am I, crazy? I, don't think, I don't think I've seen anything either, but it sounded like it was in like the $5 million area for a multi-year extension. You would think, right? I mean, that would that would make sense to me. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for two goalies, and you can only play one of them at a time. So, yeah, so the latest is that they have a handshake handshake agreement in place for a five year five million dollar contract, like five five million per year. So five year twenty five million dollar deal. Okay, all right. Okay. No state income tax. That matters. It really does. I mean, four three of the four teams have no state income tax. Yeah, well, I mean, look at how Tampa signed all those freaking team friendly deals. It makes me furious. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me sick. Um, I mean, you could see that. I mean, I don't think they'll try to get off like. Pacioretty's money or like Marcia So's money I don't think they would um but I mean it would be inter- I smart money is that Flurry's out of there I think there's teams that need a goalie and they'll take them and it's a hefty price but they'll take them because of it's not like he was bad it's just they went with Leonard so, yeah, he was just the hot goalie at the right yeah, time. Yeah, they went with Leonard because Leonard was playing well. I mean, anybody would do that. But I think Mark Andre Fleury, maybe not him, but his agent has definitely made it clear that he get him out of there if you're not going to play him. So, um, and there's teams that need goalies. Carolina needs a goalie. Maybe New Jersey if you're not ready to just hand the keys to Mackenzie Blackwell, Blackwood, Blackwood, right? Yeah, Blackwood. What is Blackwell? Who is that? Um, <laughs> Buffalo. You know, these are teams that need goalies. I don't know how you feel about Marc-Andre Fleury at Buffalo, though. No, that's not my cup of tea. But, I mean, you know, we've already talked before about this ridiculous, you know, merry-go-round, hodgepodge, mix-and-match that is, like, the UFA market for goaltenders this year, right? So... I mean, you're going to get a guy with already a built-in contract, and it's one of those situations where if he plays well next year for you in net, then okay, you try your best to resign him. And if you trade for him and he doesn't play well in net, okay, then he walks away free agent at the end of the year and you start all over again. He's got two so, years left. Oh, well, all right, yeah. So, um, like, even better. Like, that's just, like, for me, that's that's a perfect situation, right? I mean, a lot of these older goaltenders, Mike Smith, Cam Talbot, you wonder if these guys are even like about either hanging it up or you're wondering kind of what the contract situation is going to be in terms of like what they think their market is versus what teams think their market is. Right. It's going to happen this year. So for me, like Mark Andre has proven more recently that he's a much better proven commodity. So if I'm a GM, I'm already going after that, that contract right there. Like, I, I don't th- have to worry about negotiations. I know exactly what's going to come out of my pocket. Like, I feel like I get a higher valued goaltender at that point. I mean, maybe he's not a $7 million goaltender, but 
I think every goaltender gets overpaid. Every person gets overpaid for agency anyway. Like, I'm not going to haggle, you know? Yeah, I think, and you know what you're getting at this point. You're going to get a solid goaltender, a leader. You know, this is a guy who, is it is it wrong for me to say he's like an all-time great? I mean, he's pretty damn good. You know, he's had a pretty amazing career, and, you know, it's at this point he's obviously on the back end of his career, but I think you could get two solid years out of Marc-Andre Fleury at this point. I think so. I don't yeah, think it's I mean, too crazy to say. if you're pairing him with, like, a young guy, too. Like, he's proven that he can play that role as well. Yeah, and that's uh, – I was thinking that, too. I mean, if you have a young goalie who you're not sure if you're ready to hand him the reins, I don't know who I'm thinking of, but – you pair him with Mark Andre for a year or two. I mean, even if it doesn't work, if you just want to keep Mark Andre for a year, I'm sure you could flip him. It's an expiring contract. And again, every it's it's this isn't like a bad goalie. He's still, you know, more than capable of being a, an all full time goalie. At least I think so. What do I know? Any uh, any closing notes on the Vegas Golden Knights? No, I mean. You gotta say, like the success this team has had for how young the franchise is, I would hate to be wrong. Francis trying to set up the team in Seattle right now. Yeah, you can't say that enough, poor guy. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they, I'm sure they can't really change the rules much. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe he. I don't want to say has it as easy as Vegas does, but I mean, they they have a blueprint of how to you know get this thing done. Yikes. Ugh. Yep, 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 yep. At least they're in the West. That expansion draft will be a lot of fun, though. I really, I really enjoyed it last time. Yeah, last time it was a lot of fun. Watch it, just watching it on like NHL Network, it was a lot of fun watching the yeah. expansion draft. Just being like, ooh, they're going to hate to lose that guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do it, man. I'll give you the floor to start off with. Give me your prognosis. What are we? What are we looking at here? Well, considering I think the series is going to be over tonight, um, anything they do from here on out is just house money. I mean, this is the farthest they've ever gone in my entire life, is the Eastern Conference Finals Game 5. I just, Tampa is so good. They're so big. They're so fast. Andre Vasilevsky is big and fast. Like, that's stupid. Like, be one of each. Um, it's, um... And I think that the Islanders are better than this 3-1 deficit than they're facing. I personally think it should be 2-2 right now. After game two, I think they were the better team. And ad nauseum, I've said that. But... I I came into this series thinking that Tampa was going to win it in six or seven I'm hoping they don't wrap it up in five because this has been a lot of fun for me. Um, having this Eastern Conference final, uh, having my team in it. And I just, I don't think the Islanders are going to go down quietly. I really don't. They're, there's too much too much character in that room. I mean, they lose one of their most important forwards, Casey Zizekas. He's one of their best penalty killers. But if you can't win when your fourth line center goes out, I mean, I don't think he really deserved to be there in the first place, but um, I just think Tampa is Tampa's just a better team. I mean, I think that's that's just all there is to it. They're the better team. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just like this is just 
this is just Tampa. Everyone is expected to see in the playoffs for like it seems like the last few years, right? Like this, I feel like this is the Tampa team that everyone expected last year, and then if for whatever reason, like I don't know, like do you call last year's matchup against the Blue Jackets a fluke, like getting swept? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's a fluke, but would you have been surprised if Columbus won and it was like in six games? I don't think so, because that Columbus team they were stacked then. That was Panarin, Bobrovsky, you know, all those moves they made. They were yeah. still, they, they just like were bad for like a few weeks. And that's why they kind of snuck into the playoffs. Yeah, I think the problem is just like they broke every like team record yeah. in like modern history in the regular season. And they won like every award. Like they had the MVP, they had the Norris winner, they had like, they had got the top goaltender in the I league. I think like, they just had the Vesna. I don't think – no, I think Mark Giordano won the Norris. Am I right? Oh, uh, I think Hedman was at least a finalist then probably. I'm sure he was. I mean, he should be every year because he's yeah. incredible. So I don't know. I guess I'm not going to call it a fluke because if you win four games in a row against an opponent, then that's, that's not a fluke. I don't think but so either. I guess like this revamped roster is just a much more well-rounded, complete team, even if they didn't have their, the same regular season success. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I almost feel like this is this is Tampa like having to pay their dues. Like they make the Stanley Cup final against Chicago, probably overachieved that year, and then they go through a lot of the tumultuous dealing with success and having that kind of like that bullseye on their back. And a lot of people kind of said like, oh, they're just their their windows are going to close soon. And well, here they are, and they look like they're going to be good for a, a long time, even after this. Yeah, I mean, this was what everybody kind of expected last year, like you said. I agree with you. I think they did kind of overachieve in 2015. I think they were a couple guys away, and you've seen the couple guys that they'd gotten that were the couple guys that they needed then. Um, and this is without Steven Stamkos, man. I mean, they are just – they're clicking on all cylinders right now, offensively, defensively, you know, from the goalie out. It's just been a master class, and – even the game that the Islanders won, I mean, Tampa came down from two goals in the third. I mean, it's just, again, I think it should be 2-2. I don't know if that's just the fan in me thinking that it could be 2-2. But they completely, the game on Sunday, they completely outplayed and outmatched the Islanders. Completely. Um, and I think that... I hate to say this is probably it, and I think we're going to see the Dallas Stars Tampa Bay Lightning final that everybody picked at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Two classic hockey markets clash. Oh yeah, Dallas and Tampa. Canadians must hate that. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. There's probably a lot of pissed off like people in Montreal just being like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I don't even two, find this on a map. <laughs> yeah, like, nice two warm weather cities. Gotta love it. It's just, yep. I, it just kind of sucks for me. Because I was like, well, maybe if they do X, Y, and Z. But no, they did not do X, Y, and Z. So, um... I mean, if you're the Islanders, though, and like, we'll just say hypothetically that this is it. I mean, you're heading into the offseason with a good amount of cap space. Yes, you gotta hand out some new contracts and stuff, but overall, Lou Lamorello is up for GM of the year. He won it. Um, he won GM he of the year. Won it, yeah, excuse me. He won GM of the year. You know, there was a lot of questions coming this year dealing with goaltending, and obviously that position has only gotten stronger since they got Sorokin coming over. 
you know, this is not, I don't think this is going to be like a flash in the pan where you're going to see this team get start getting bounced in the next first round, the next couple of years. Right. I, like, I, I think agree. this could be the start of a lot of, a lot of long-term success. Yeah. And Simeon Verlamov, he's had a couple, you know, he had the rough relief appearance in game one. Um, the whole, the whole team had a rough appearance in game one. It's yeah, not, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not blaming the game on him, but I mean, other than that, he's been more than solid. Um, I think he's going to be perfect with pair with Sorokin next year. Eventually, it's going to be Sorokin's net, and then to have that guy as like your backup to a young goalie, I feel pretty damn good about Semyon Varlamov coming into games. Um, he's been fantastic. Um, you can't say enough about Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson, two guys that have taken a lot of shit on the island for the entire time that they've been here. Um, they've both been excellent. Matt Barzell is proving why he's going to be handsomely paid this offseason. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't, and this again, this just cause it comes from me, you might take it with, from, with a grain of salt, but I think that, you know, I really think this team is here to stay for a while and they're just, they're missing that one finisher. The one guy who's just shoot first, you know, on the power play that could just rip pucks at the net. And I don't know who that is. You know, maybe it's, you know, the two kids they have, maybe it's one of Kiefer Bellows or Oliver Wallstrom or, Maybe it's somebody they sign a free agency. I don't know. But I think they're a guy away. And, you know, the rest of the, you know, they got some kids coming up the pipeline. They got some guys they got to sign. They got to sign the three-headed RFA monster of Barzell, Pollock, and Taves. But, you know, I feel pretty damn good. If, if it ends tonight, this was a fun freaking ride with that team. Yeah, uh, I mean... God bless you, man. It must have been a lot of fun this year. Not that I would know because, obviously, my team sucks. But anyway. It is. My team usually sucks, so it's okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, credit to Tampa, though. I think both Tampa and um, the Islanders, these are two franchises where most of these dudes on these rosters have been built through the draft, right? Yep. And, like, you have to be a successful draft and development organization in order to succeed in the NHL. That's just the way it is. There is no, like route the free agency where one guy completely changes your outlook from you know basement to ceiling just like that overnight so you know I think both Julian Brisebois slash Steve Eisman so I'm going to give Steve Eisman most of the credit for building this team and obviously Glamorello and even Jim Neal over in over in Dallas too like you need to draft well in this league and you need to make the proper trades at the right time to do so and both organizations, the reason they're going to be good for a long time is because of their front office and their ability, to, and their ability to take talent and make and mold it in, in the, into a functioning team. Right. And, and I think there's a lot of teams in the around the league that need to take a look at this kind of way of doing things and stop trying to take shortcuts. It's just considering, uh, and I mean, I'm going to have to give credit where credit's due. Garth Snow drafted a ton of these guys, a ton of them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, did he always make the best move? No. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but in hindsight, you know, they, they didn't win anything. I mean, they barely made the playoffs. But the guys they have now, that's all his guys. Bailey, Nelson, Barzell, Bavillier, you know, Taves, Mayfield. You know, those are guys. He signed Mayfield for five years, like one and a half million, like right before he left. Like, that's a great contract. And Mayfield's been pretty, pretty good. Like... 
you know, he signed some good deals. He traded for Lenny and Boychuk that like totally changed the culture of the team. Um, and you have Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz put the finishing touches on it. I mean, it when you have adults in the room like those two guys, it really, you know, it really obviously really helps. Um, and again, you know, I don't know how long Lou's going to be, you know, in that GM slash team president slash hockey god position, but like. You know he's he's done a fantastic job. They and Trotz, you can't say enough about him. He's one of the best coaches in the league, and you know they'll be back. If they don't win to they don't win tonight and it's over, it's just it's been a lot of fun. Just because I've never seen a team, my team at least, go this far. Yeah, I mean I think that's the best way to stop it. Do you have unless you have a prediction for the night? Oh, I gave it. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> It's over. Forget about it. Um, but no, they, they're they're in a great spot. And hats off to Tampa. They're a fantastic team. Great organization. Um, you know, it's again, it's drafting well. It's making the right moves. The McDonough move was huge for them. Um, drafting Braden Point in like the third round. Um, I'm still there. Was an article on NHL.com today. It's like Victor Hedman is making the Islanders regret not taking him at one. And I'm thinking to myself, who wrote that? Like, did Victor Hedman write that? Like, come on. Like, that, shut up. Like, of course they were taking Tavares at one. Like, everybody stop. But anyway, I just thought that was really funny and I wanted to share that with you. But yeah, John Cooper's done a fantastic job after they got shellacked last year. Um, And, you know, I think this is Tampa's year. I think they're finally going to, Raise Lord Stanley's cup. I, I picked Tampa and Vegas at the beginning of the bubble. And I'll stick with the team that... Well, it's not over yet. But that I'm 95% sure is going to move on to the Stanley Cup final and you know play Dallas here. And we will have our full preview episode whenever the... I guess whenever the final is set, I guess would be the right way to say that. Yeah, I think from what I read today, it sounds like if if Tampa wraps this up tonight, then it's game one could be as early as um, Thursday night. So I mean, so the NHL can't emphasize this enough that this has been fun, but we need to hurry it up so we can start planning next year. Yeah, we need to get this done right away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's this like we said at the beginning of the bubble. This was as fun and as entertaining of hockey we could have gotten. I mean, hats off to the NHL for doing for doing this so well and you know, in a in a crappy situation in a global pandemic to pull this off and have it be as entertaining as it was. I mean, nicely done. Nice job done by all. Strong effort. Yeah, I I could I can't agree more the fact that they've done all these tests and stuff and not have a single positive test come out of it. Yeah, like, I think seven weeks in a row, no yeah. positives. That's like absolutely absurd <laughs> and absurd in the best way possible. No test positive in seven weeks. Just the bubbles work, people. The bubble works. You hear that, NFL? You're going to screw this up one <laughs> sooner or later. Well, we how about Rob it. Manfred came out? He's like, yeah, we might have fans you know, during the World Series. I'm like, no. Your guys are routinely testing positive. Don't do that. Like, you're a moron. 
I don't know. But, um, yeah, the bubble worked. It was a lot of fun, and we're not done yet. You're still going to have to stick and listen to us two morons talk about it for about another two weeks now. Um, and you know where you can listen to us? I'll let you know. It's going to be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Breaker. You can find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That's a1sportsnetwork.com. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A1 Sports Network. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's, currently sad Eastern Conference season Steen. Um, you can find the podcast at Top Pair underscore pod. And Nick, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, you can find me working the Top Pair pod, pod account, obviously, or my personal account as at nmaxwell01, no happy, no sad, no malcontent included, just at nmaxwell01. He's just, you know, living. Me, on the other <laughs> hand, I'm, I'm sad every day. Um, not every day, most days. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. See you next time.